0: Well, this morning, we're not going to look at that. We are going to look into Judges, chapter 13. Do you remember the story? Do you remember and recall a lot of the story about the life of Samson? It's a tragedy. I mean, they could, they could put this uh, on TV. This would make a really good uh, soap opera. I mean, this guy, what we're going to look at is the beginning of his life when so many wonderful things were proclaimed over him and set aside for the Lord and all these amazing and awesome things. And you know what happened? It ended in tragedy. Isn't that a bummer? So since Jan is in San Francisco, I can talk about movies today without hearing about it afterwards. And... Last night, my daughter and I put on the new uh, Tom Hanks Pinocchio. And Tom Hanks is playing Geppetto. And you know Pinocchio started his life in a very cool way as well. But you know what his downfall was? You know what it was? He hung out with the wrong crowd. He picked the wrong friends. And guess what happened? It ended up being his downfall. This is the story of Samson. This is exactly the story of Samson. Set aside for an amazing purpose. And he hung out with the wrong people. And it caused him to really pay a heavy price. So the sermon this morning is titled, Honoring God's Purpose for Your Life, A Lesson from Samson. Do you like to learn from other people's mistakes? Anybody here? You kind of keep your eye on the environment. Or do you like to go full force ahead and make them on your own and let other people learn from yours? There's a couple things that we can do here, but this morning I I say we'll look at Samson and see uh, what we can learn from him. It's a little bit long, so I'll read a little bit quick here. And uh, it says this, the birth of Samson, Judges 13. Again, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. Oh my goodness, that that sentence you'll hear over and over again. The Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord, so the Lord delivered them into the hands of the Philistines for forty years. A certain man of Zorah named Manoah from the clan of the Danites had a wife who was sterile and remained childless. The angel of the Lord appeared to her and said, You are sterile and childless, but you are going to conceive and have a son. Now see to it that you drink no wine or other fermented drink and that you do not eat anything unclean because you will conceive and give birth to a son. No razor may be used on his head because the boy is to be a Nazarite set apart to God from birth and he will begin the deliverance of Israel from the hands of the Philistines. He's going to be a deliverer. Then the woman went to her husband and told him, A man of God came to me. He looked like an angel of God. Very awesome. I didn't ask him where he came from, and he didn't tell me his name, but he said to me, You will conceive and give birth to a son. Now then, drink no wine or other fermented drink, and do not eat anything unclean, because the boy will be a Nazarite of God from birth until the day of his death. Then Manoah prayed to the Lord, O Lord, I beg you, Let the man of God you sent to us come again to teach us how to bring up the boy who is to be born. It's a big responsibility. God heard Manoah, and the angel of God came again to the woman while she was out in the field, but her husband Manoah was not with her. The woman hurried to tell her husband, He's here, the man who appeared to me the other day. Manoah got up and followed his wife, and when he came to the man, he said, Are you the one who talked to my wife? I am, he said. So Manoah asked him, when your words are fulfilled, what is to be the rule for the boy's life and work? The angel of the Lord answered, your wife must do all that I have told her. She must not eat anything that comes from the grapevine, nor drink any wine or other fermented drink, nor eat anything unclean. She must do everything I have commanded her. Manoah said to the angel of the Lord, we would like you to stay until we prepare a young goat for you. The angel of the Lord replied, Even though you detain me, I will not eat any of your food. But if you prepare a burnt offering, offer it to the Lord. Manoah did not realize that it was the angel of the Lord. Then Manoah inquired of the angel of the Lord, What is your name, so that we may honor you when your word comes true? He replied, Why do you ask my name? It is beyond understanding. Then Manoah took a young goat together with the grain offering and sacrificed it on the rock of the Lord. And the Lord did an amazing thing while Manoah and his wife watched. As the flame blazed up from the altar towards heaven, the angel of the Lord ascended in the flame. Seeing this, Manoah and his wife fell with their faces to the ground. When the angel of the Lord did not show himself again to Manoah and his wife, Manoah realized that it was the angel of the Lord. We are doomed to die, he said to his wife. We have seen God. But his wife answered, if the Lord had meant to kill us, he would not have accepted a burnt offering and grain offering from our hands, nor show us all these things, or now told us this. The woman gave birth to a boy and named him Samson. He grew and the Lord blessed him. And the Spirit of the Lord began to stir him while he was in Mahanadan between Zorah and Eshtel. Now this is quite a story. Can you imagine? What a fanfare. It's quite a story. All for the birth of this young man. But the best part was, with a godly purpose. Amen? I would tell you, when I was young, uh, I would say my brother and I, we probably felt the same vibe. We were going to this church in this little town called Yucaipa, California. Has anybody ever heard of that? Yakaipa's like on the way to Big Bear. But I would or Forest Falls, that whole area. But the coolest thing happened when my brother and I were young teenagers. We went up one day to get. Uh, Prayer to be filled with the Holy Spirit, speak in new tongues, have God's Spirit descend upon us, fall upon us, and we just were so on fire for the Lord. And then there was one woman, I can't remember her name, I'll have to ask my brother what her name was, but she gave this prophecy over us and said that we were to serve the Lord in music. It was the 80s, we liked rock music, so we created a Christian rock band called Iron Armor. And I think we even had a scripture. I'll have to ask Marty what that was too, because I've forgotten. Iron armor kind of morphed into this new thing we called Holy Rockers, and then we changed it again to this this, um, name called Trooper, and we were pretty cool. My dad built us a drum riser. My brother had... Did I tell you this story before? Because it's fun. We had this drum riser that we built, and my brother put all his drums on, and I would buy all the extra fireworks at, uh, you know, around 4th of July and put all these smoke balls behind his drum set. And when he would do his drum thing, I would go light all the smoke, smoke balls and all this colored smoke would fill in this little patio room. And there I was with my guitar. And at the end, we would take an offering. We would pass our little offering plate, no matter who came, and then we'd invest in lights and chains for the drum set or whatever we wanted. And we thought we were pretty cool. But the best part was... We really felt like we had a purpose in God. And aren't you glad to know that we're here because we have a purpose in the Lord? Hallelujah. We do have a purpose. But the story of Samson, it's tragic. It's heartbreaking. If you know the story, he did not live up to be all that he was meant to be, what God wanted him to be. He was a man that had a deep sense of purpose. How could you not when you have such a birth like this? Pretty phenomenal, isn't it? He's a man that had a deep sense of purpose. No excuses. He knew exactly what God wanted him to do. To deliver people. To use his life for the deliverance and the blessing of other people. He was the strongest man that was known to have ever lived. Yet he also had in such human fashion great Weakness. Oof. Anybody identify with that? And this great weakness proved to be pivotal and fatal and destroyed him. Such a bummer. And he's one of the most fascinating figures in all of Scripture, Samson, in the biblical stories. As you could see here, the birth announced by an angel. Could you imagine having a birth like that? Announced by an angel. Do-do-do-do. You know, they announced Prince Charles... Or no, King Charles the other day with all the fanfare. Samson got this, but from the heavenly realm. What a big shot, right? But he was gifted by God. All the gifts that he had did not come from him, right? They came from the Lord. He was called to be consecrated as a Nazarite. A vow with a holy purpose. That's your life too, friends. Do you believe that? A vow with a holy purpose. Praise God a holy purpose, this gentleman was going to really become a deliverer of other people. But God didn't only just give him strong muscles, He gave him a strong sense of purpose. And that's what I want to talk about today, because every one of us here comes with a strong sense of purpose in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. You might not feel that impressive, but let me tell you, your strong sense of purpose that God calls upon you is mighty. Hallelujah. And you also have to remember to be a good friend to yourself. Amen? You know, the other day my daughter said to me something negative about herself, and I said, you know what? Your enemies might talk about you that way, but don't let yourself talk about you that way. Be a good friend to yourself. Hallelujah. God has given Samson a strong, clear sense of purpose. And his mission, in fact, mirrors our own mission to deliver people around us. Isn't that what we're here to do? Would you like to see more Christians on planet earth? What does this world need right now? More Christ-like Christians who serve the Lord. Hallelujah. That's what we need. We need more like Jesus in our world. Hallelujah. A mission to deliver people out of sin, out of death, out of immorality. If you need to change your friends like Pinocchio, do it. Hallelujah. And begin to witness back to them. Amen. We all have been called to a noble high calling and consecrated to a living standard of holiness and I wanted to read to you this morning 2 Corinthians 6, 17 and 18. Let's see what it says here in 2 Corinthians 6, 17 and 18. Actually, you know what? I'm going to go back a little bit further. I'm going to go to 14. Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. For what do righteousness or wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? What harmony is there between Christ and Belial? What does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? What agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? For we are the temple of the living God, as God has said, I will live with them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from them and be separate, says the Lord." Powerful, mighty. Touch no unclean thing, and I will receive you. I will be a father to you, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Since we have these promises, dear friends, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates the body and the Spirit, perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. Ooh, Don't you love that? What a mighty passage of Scripture. Well, before we begin this morning, getting into what I really want us to think about, just take heed the life of Samson. Learn, because easily his life could become a metaphor for our own lives if we're not careful. The story of Samson, we don't want it to be our story. It's amazing to me sometimes too how humans are capable of being so smart and then the opposite can hit. We can put, we can put robots On Mars, but we couldn't stop the 9/11 attacks with a couple, you know, a handful of guys with box cutters that got on planes. Isn't that phenomenal to you? Isn't that interesting? And you know what they did? Since today is the anniversary, they exposed the weakness. Isn't that something? And this is the country that can have uh, create aircraft carriers, rovers. How many rovers have we put on? It's it's phenomenal to think about this. But truly, like Samson, we do have a glorious calling. Do you believe it, church? We do have a glorious calling ourselves. A calling to be refashioned into the image of God's Son. Hallelujah. His likeness. To be fruitful. To multiply through evangelism. So much work to be done. Amen. And exercise dominion over our earth. And that is why this world can use nothing more than more Christians in it. To exercise dominion over the earth. There's a lot to think about. A lot to battle. A lot that's going on in our culture. Am I the only one that sees this? Or do you see this as well? Little things that they put into our, our shows, our, our movies, uh, whatever it might be, our, our uh, schools, our universities, whatever might be going on, this world needs more people that will stand up for Jesus Christ and say, uh, I'm a Christian and I don't believe that. I serve Jesus and my Bible doesn't say that. Hallelujah. You know, even with uh, my wife finding $19 airfare to San Francisco, she's there now, I told her, because there's so many smashing grabs in California going on, the entire state, I'm thankful that my wife shops at Kohl's instead of one of these Louis Vuitton or, or Chanel boutiques, because these are the ones that are really getting targeted, these higher-end ones, you know? And then I think, okay, honey, go have fun at Kohl's. <laughs> Please, have a blast. And, uh, but I told her, if you're in those areas of all those fancy boutiques, just be aware of your surroundings because you know what this world has lost they've lost their moral compass they've lost the truth of god's word they've lost the 10 commandments in their heart and i'll tell you something we need to infuse ourselves more into this society and culture we might not have the physical strength of samson anybody here but we have something much more powerful That last song we had, we have the name of Jesus, hallelujah. We have Jesus, hallelujah. The blood that will never lose its power. (laughs) We have much more, we have Christ. We have the mighty gospel of the Lord, the power of His Son, the resurrection power on that day of Mount Calvary to resurrect our lives in new ways. One of the best ways to learn to study mistakes is by really watching other people and making those adjustments. That's what we'll do this morning looking into the life of Samson. And we are here to keep our purpose strong. So first thing I wanted to mention this morning is this. We must not compromise our life's vows to the Lord. We must not compromise our life's vows to the Lord. And you know what? I looked up that word compromise. Compromise is also, you can say, making concessions, making an agreement, negotiating an agreement, bargaining. A lady yesterday at at my store, she came in. Actually, I don't even know what she was looking at. Let's just assume it was a $5,000 gold ring. And she said, she was from Arkansas, she said, are there any bargains? And you know what? There are not any bargains. But we said, thank you for asking. And she said, well, I might as well I said, absolutely, you can ask any anytime you'd like. Unfortunately, we, we have the prices set. But, when it comes to what we promise to the Lord, our lives, everything, we do not bargain with that, amen? We do not make concessions. We do not pull back. We do not tell sin that, hey, you know what? You can come this far, but I'm going to try to chop you off a little bit here, but I'll entertain you a little bit. But we do not make concessions, Amen? The angel that came to Samson's mother, he said that her son was to be that Nazarite, that one set aside for the Lord, to be totally set aside from birth. And so are you. Isn't that amazing? Fearfully and wonderfully made. That's you. How awesome is that? What's a Nazarite? I can identify with many of these. A person who takes a serious vow to the Lord. His vow is for his entire life. Hair could not be uh, cut in the lifetime. Okay, I'm out on that one. He could never touch a dead body. Oh, wait a minute. I blew that one. That's Pastor Dave's fault. That's another story. No alcohol could ever touch his lips. Truly, this is someone that is set aside. In the context that we're looking at, basically, what God wanted was someone who was completely sold out to Him. This is the life's vows, to be sold out to the Lord. And then, you know what happened? Sold out to Jesus? Satan and the world will try to undo all of that. Do you believe that? Satan is on a mission. And not only that, but he uses the world to do it. Oh, wow. To beat down our doors continually. To attempt to try to get us to compromise our vows to the Lord. To get us to entertain sin. And if Satan can get us to do that, then the purpose that God has for us begins to wane in that sense. Because, you know what? We need to take more steps towards being more like Christ. Amen? When I went to Bible college, you know what scared me? The tuition. Big money. I remember looking at that tuition and thinking, I'm going to have to sell a lot of jewelry to afford this. And then I just decided to do it. I said, Lord, I'm going to do it. You'll provide a way. And I got in my first year, and guess what? Year number two was even more expensive. And I thought, oh, dear Lord. Dear Lord, I might have even, I might have even told one of the Christian administrators, have you guys thought about getting into the casino business? Because this is really good. I mean, this is good stuff. And then by the third year, it was very pricey. But you know what I have to say? Thank God He provides a way. Thank God. And you know what I did? I just tried to take as many classes as I could because I knew that tuition would keep going up. And I just stacked myself. And I got out. I finished. I got the bachelor's degree and there it was. Praise God. And did I sell a lot of jewelry to do it? Yes. But the Lord provides. The Lord provides. Satan tried to get me to compromise my vows to God through so many things, especially, I would have to say, in my 20s. Vegas lifestyle, night, nightlife uh, stuff going on. Have you been there? You don't have to admit to it. The university, secular education, unequally yoked relationships. Oh my goodness, I sound like Samson. And you know all the complications that come with all of these decisions? Drama. Drama. And you know what? Satan will continue to try and try and try. I look forward to the day when the angels grab those chains and they just bind that punk. What a lovely day. Hallelujah. And it's coming. It is coming, friends. But when I think about all the roads that I could have traveled, I'm so glad that the beauty of the narrow path that leads to the Lord is what I chose. Hallelujah. The narrow path. Not the path of the world. You see where the world goes. Remember what your mom used to tell you, Grandma? If everybody was jumping off a cliff, (laughs) would you do it too? Absolutely not. It wouldn't matter. And may we be sold out to our vow that we've made to the Lord this day. Don't compromise. Give the Lord your all. Amen. Second is this. We cannot yield to the surrounding godless culture. You know what you do at a roundabout? You yield, don't you? Which means what? You stop for something. We do not yield to the surrounding godless culture. I just spent Labor Day weekend on the strip. Working, mind you. But let me tell you, have you thought about what goes on In these casinos on Labor Day weekend, I've seen so many drunk people in the last 48 hours, you couldn't believe it, including as I was leaving the store last night at 6 (laughs) p.m. One guy, he was walking sideways like this, and I thought, I better go, he's going to fall. I've never seen anybody walk through the casino like sideways. He was doing one of these, and finally a guard came to get on that side of him. Just out of his mind, but... The weekend crowd, the Labor Day weekend, everybody's smoking, drinking, gambling, blah, blah, blah. Thank God I'm there for a purpose. You know what my purpose is? Take their money. Let them buy a watch, a ring. If they feel guilty, get that ring on the girl, whatever, the wife, whatever you need to do. Take their money and then they can fly out maybe Tuesday or whatever it is they do and and I'll take Sunday, Monday off. Do my job. But Samson, he had one great weakness. But as I thought about it, maybe more correctly we should say he had two great weaknesses. His two eyeballs. He was being placed into enemy territory to liberate his Israelites. But when he got there, his eyes began to see things and focused on things and obsess on things that he shouldn't have. Or you can say, maybe he focused on a couple of things, a couple beauties. And the man who was sent to save the, his people from the pagan Philistines, what happened? He began to fall in love with the Philistine women. He began to mix in with them, collaborate with the enemy, and it affected him. It affected his judgment. He was no longer living his vow to God. Let me tell you something today. Your environment will affect you. Even the young people that are here today, the friends you choose will affect and possibly infect you. And this is something we have to consider today. When I went to UNLV, can I tell you, Honestly speaking, it did affect me. My, my mind, I, I was trained, brought up in the church and all of these wonderful things. But when I went to UNLV, did it affect me? It did. I began to question things. I began to uh, question uh, Scripture. I began to question so many things in my life. But thank God the Lord cleared up my thinking. Amen. Thank God that He cleared up my thinking and truly... I knew that I needed to build my life on Jesus Christ, and I did not yield to my surrounding godless culture, even through my education. I spent my uh, undergraduate years at UNLV, and I spent my graduate years there, and it did affect me, but I'll tell you, I came out thinking, no, 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 Jesus. Jesus is the way. Hallelujah. But today is no day to yield to our culture. There's an element in this uh, in our, in our nation that can truly destroy our nation and move us further away from the Lord. Public school system, all these things that are going on. But we must not look and sound like the rest of the world. Amen? We must stand out for Jesus. And we want Jesus back, don't we, in this nation? Don't we want Jesus back in our schools? We want Jesus back in our workplace? We want kids to be able to pray at school without being hassled or any issues? So third point this morning is this. Great strength in one area does not make up for great weaknesses in other areas. What do you think about that? Great strength in one area does not make up for great weaknesses in other areas. Oh, but I'm a good person. Oh, but I'm a great friend. Oh, but I have, you know. I wanted you to think about this because when I thought about September 11th, I thought it was absolutely amazing what happened. The greatest nation in the world... The superpower of earth, technologically advanced, like I mentioned earlier. We couldn't stop this group of men falling the tallest buildings in New York. And I'll be there in New York at the end of this month. I have some meetings with my company. And it will always be such a sad thing to not come in, because I'm flying into New Jersey, but come in on that train and see the Twin Towers standing there. And I always remember that's the first thing that I used to remember as going into the city. But gone because of a group of men. Our military couldn't stop them. But they proved that there was a weakness. And today we remember the ones we lost. Amen? And those families that were impacted by it. Samson knew that, that uh, no one had the strength that he had. He was so strong, he could defeat by himself an entire army with his own hands. But that great strength had hidden weaknesses that lurked. Isn't that true? His overconfidence in his physical strength ended up being his downfall. And you know why? He forgot where that strength came from. It was not his. It was not his own. It came from The Lord. Isn't that true of our lives? All that we have, we give God the glory and the honor. Hallelujah. It came from the Lord. So never become overconfident and samsung. We must always be on our knees. Amen? Asking God's Holy Spirit to expose areas of weakness in our life, and not only that, but to help us with it. Amen? Amen? Help us, Lord God, and may God's Spirit convict us and stir us to change. Shouldn't we always consider changing for the better when it comes to Christ Jesus? Lord, what must happen? Hallelujah. Convict us, Lord. If we do not yield to the Lord and seek change, the consequences can be devastating, and we truly learn from the life of Samson the hidden weaknesses that can grow up and bring down even the best of us. Thank You, Lord. Last, I wanted to mention this. Let us not set ourselves up for a terrible fall. If you're going to fall into anything, fall into the arms of Jesus. Amen? If you're planning on falling, fall right into Jesus. Samson didn't get the big picture. Don't you love it that the Lord is the big picture? Amen? Amen. It's always nice to know that the Lord understands. Samson didn't get that big picture though. In fact, he continued to miss it again and again. He repeatedly placed himself in situations of moral temptation and more risk. And he continued drinking, womanizing, and all of these things against his vow. But guess what? There was a cutoff point. You remember when the Lord, the Lord says, I think it's in the book of Job, he says, I'm the one that tells the sea it can come this far and no farther. There is a limit. And there is a limit, and Samson got away with it, or at least he thought he got away with it, which is a better way to put it, once, maybe twice, maybe three times. But there was a day when the presence of God and his strength left Samson. Why? because it didn't belong to Samson anyways unless the Lord gave it. God's presence and strength left him. He lost his eyesight. Eventually, God would show his grace and mercy to Samson again, but Samson paid a terrible price. The way I picture Samson is that guy on the TV, Fabio. Remember, with the big long hair and the muscles, I can't believe it's not butter. If you remember that commercial. But the way I thought about him in the end, I thought of Mr. Magoo. Does anybody remember Mr. Magoo? From Fabio to Mr. Magoo. That was kind of what happened to Samson. But think about all the times the mercy of God has been extended to us. Don't you love that He's a merciful God. I want us to consider just this past week. Ask ourselves, what have I been engaged in lately that really isn't me living up to the vows that I have given the Lord for my life? So many things. If you stop and think about it, you might find one. Maybe would you find more? <laughs> Could you find a handful? Could you find a few? So many things. May we honestly get on our knees, church, and repent to the Lord when we have those times to kick sin out of our life before it's too late because we don't want it to grow. Amen? You might have heard of a judge in Alabama. His name was Justice Roy Moore. Roy... Justice Moore had the Ten Commandments posted on the lawn in front of the courthouse, in front of his federal courthouse. And a federal court order said that the Ten Commandments had to be removed off of his lawn. Would you like to know what the judge said? Roy Moore said, I have no intention of removing the monument. This I cannot and will not do. US district judge Myron Thompson says that the monument violates the US Constitution. I don't care. It does removing it might violate my God, which is bigger bigger big shot than than what is it? Uh, the uh, the US Constitution, US district judge, whatever. Justice Moore responded, "The acknowledgment of Almighty God is the foundation of this country and its legal system." And you know what the world needs right now? A little Ten Commandments. Our security office was so busy yesterday. People come into the wind, they try to steal. What does my Bible say? Thou shalt not steal. Ladies are running around stealing watches off men yesterday, and then they say they didn't do it. Thou shalt not lie. People are serving alcohol and partying and on and on and on. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. This world could use a little Ten Commandments. Judge Moore is known as the Ten Commandments judge and he stated that God's Ten Commandments are the moral foundation of this nation and he wants to display the commandments due to the moral decline in this country especially court rulings concerning prayer in school. Judge Moore is honoring his purpose, his God-given purpose for his life. He understands the importance of his calling, and he's using it to the advantage of the kingdom of God. He's not compromising his vows. You'll hear no concessions, no negotiating, no bargaining. Y'all have bargains? No, we have the Ten Commandments and they stay nor is he yielding to the godless culture around him. And may we have the same courage and the same vision to live up to God's standards. Amen? Dwight L. Moody said one time, Give me ten people who love nothing but God and hate nothing but sin, and I will change the world. Oops. What an impressive thing to say. Give me ten people who love nothing but God Hate nothing but sin. And the world will be changed. Those words are still true today. Would you be willing to be that kind of man or woman for the Lord? To truly push back in this culture. Would you be willing to love God more than even some of the favorite sins that we entertain in our lives and truly remain strong to our purpose? that we would go out and change the world for Jesus, remember how consecrated even we are to the Lord. Amen? Just like Samson. We don't want to compromise. Well, today I would say is the day to really remember what I call the two-turn system. Turn from sin and turn to Jesus. Isn't that the way to go? Hallelujah! So as we consider this week, what can we do to truly impact our communities, to push back and stand up for Jesus Christ? There's so much possibility. The possibilities are limitless. Amen? Let's stand and pray. Father, we thank you so much for the life of Samson. We thank you, Father, that we can truly learn. We can truly learn how someone can be set aside, Lord, and that that moment is so pivotal, Father, to continue to always seek after You. And Lord, may we do that every single day. And forgive us for the times, Lord, that we truly need to point out and have pointed out in our life those moments, Father, the things that we need to change. Let Your Spirit continue to work in us, Lord God to continue to change us more into the likeness of Your Son, Jesus Christ. And Father, bless this church. Bless Your sons and daughters that are sitting here today, standing here. Lord, we thank You so much that truly You are still in all the details in our culture around us. We thank You, Father God, that You have a purpose for us. We will not set up ourselves for a terrible fall, but Lord, we... We'll remember the strength that we have. We won't focus on the weakness. We will focus on the strength of Christ Jesus in our life. We will not yield to the surrounding godless culture. We will yield only to You, Lord God, and Your Word. And as Your Word says, we will obey You, Lord. We will be ones that obey You. And we will not compromise our vows to You, Lord. And Father, I ask a special blessing over Your people this day. In Jesus' mighty name, Amen.